This is Disabled Girls Who Lift. We are reclaiming what's rightfully ours one podcast at a time. It's Mary Beth, Chloe, and Marcia bringing you the thoughts and unpopular topics to get you out of that ableist comfort zone. Hello, folks. Welcome. Welcome all to our first inaugural episode of Disabled Girls Who Lift. Are you ready for us to get up in your shit? I don't know. I don't know if you really are. Anyways, so let me introduce myself. My name is Marcia. I'm a powerlifting strong woman from South Florida. We got two other badass bitches here. They're going to introduce themselves. I'm Chloe. I'm 28. I'm a powerlifter from Iowa. I'm Mary Beth. Uh, 27. I'm also a powerlifter from the Bay Area of California. So I started Disabled Girls Who Lift as a community for every one of us who didn't feel included in the workplace, at school, in the gym, mostly based online to find others like myself for us who are gawked at in public, stared at, followed sometimes questioned as if they have a right to know what's wrong with your hand are you sick here let me help you you Mm -hmm. can't do that yourself I'm like fuck off I can do it myself (laughs) I've learned how to adapt for 27 years in this able-bodied world so give me some space let me continue treat me like everyone else don't chastise me don't look to me for inspiration Anyway, Disabled Girls Who Lift has been a really, really great community uh, looking for others like myself. It would showcase all of the different disabilities that we find in other sports, that being strongman, powerlifting, Olympic lifting. We found so many already. It It was created for the disabled community by the disabled community and intended, us, intended for us to share techniques. Uh, we found adaptive tools and training, other federations to compete in, to get others to compete. Um, basically, any other questions that a new lifter or a new athlete might have for the, the general community. So I believe it's important. We're tackling super important topics, super uncomfortable topics, and including everyone everyone else uh, that might be people in a wheelchair crutches prosthetics others in the limb difference community amputees paralyzed folks spoonies anyone on the autistic spectrum we've met some strong ass folks who have Lou Gehrig's disease so many more and we're all looking for the ways in which we can be active healthy strong just like everyone else Exactly, just like anyone else. And I think the best part about this is it's for anyone that, I mean, not even everyone identifies with the word disabled. It means different things to different people. And that's okay. Maybe you don't like the word. But either way, it's for people that are dealing with things visible or invisible because, you know, all of these things affect us. So, I mean, looking at me, nobody's going to guess that something is up. I mean, if they look at you two, they're going to be like, oh, well, she's missing a arm, what's up with her hand kind of deal. So it's really interesting that we can make a community that kind of fits all of us together. 
because we need this. Most definitely. So, Marcia, tell us a little bit about you and, and how you found us and why this is important to you. Well, I think I found you, Mary Beth, on Instagram when I was doing my first, um, like, searching around. I have a, a clothing shop besides my physical therapy stuff. I have a clothing shop, and I was oh, like, Oh, gosh, you found yeah. baby <laughs> I found baby. <laughs> baby Mary Beth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sent you a little shirt back when you were doing yeah. your crazy one arm deadlifts oh, <laughs> and and then kind of just went off from there and it's pretty awesome because it's not like you know it's not like I, I found you and I was like oh this girl has one arm she'd be great for my shop you know check off that checkbox oh I got a disabled person you know like <laughs> I was just like it's just like oh she looks cool <laughs> like, yeah what shop is that uh, quad squad. Oh, hello, Dell. <laughs> so yeah, at quad squad shop. But I reached out to a lot of people, just people I thought looked cool. And, you know, just like send them a shirt. Maybe they'll post it. Maybe people find out about my brand. And, you know, you're actually one of the few people that anything came out of it, you know, besides just posting my shirt. I mean, the fact that we got to know each other and here we are recording a fucking podcast. So that's pretty nuts. And so do you identify as disabled or do you identify as differently abled or what's what's your sitch? Um, I usually I just call myself a spoonie. Mm-hmm. That's usually what I call myself. But in gene- in generic terms, I do I do identify as a disabled person because I don't think that there there are things that an able-bodied person can do that I can't really, like, I can't hang. Um, and I know that the word disabled is a heavy one and everybody feels different ways about it, but to me it's just like, if I feel like this world wasn't built for me, I think I'm disabled. Like, I'll take it, you know. If I, if I... If I buy like a, you know, if I buy like a HelloFresh meal and it says prep time, 10 minutes to cut vegetable, like my hands are not good for that. It's going to take me half an hour. Yeah. So tell us a little <laughs> bit about what a spoonie is and how it got that name. Definitely. So the spoonie is based off the spoon theory. Who made it? I'm not sure. But you Google, it'll pop up. It's not a big deal. So the spoon theory <laughs> is based on anyone that has a chronic illness. So it could be literally anything that affects you over your lifespan. So for me, I have like neuropathy. I have dizziness, um, like some dysautonomia, all this other fun stuff. And that affects me day to day. So for the able-bodied, regular, quote-unquote, normal person, you could say they get you know, 100 spoons a day. And every day they get to spend their spoons, you know, 10 for work, 10 for the gym, five to cook dinner. And it's very orderly. Every day it makes sense. Every day it starts over. Every day it's the same. For me, that's not how it goes. One day I might have 10 spoons. One day I'll have the full 100. You know, maybe the next day it rolls over. Maybe the next day it doesn't. Some days... I have to choose, like, am I going to do my laundry today? Am I staying on the couch? Some days is great. I go to work. I hit the gym. I cook dinner. Honestly, it just depends. And I could do my best, you know, diet, sleep, water, all that good stuff. And it doesn't always even matter, you know. It's just kind of a constant state of fluctuating. So that's where the spoon deal comes from. 
Yeah, definitely. And obviously, it's hard for a lot of people who are on social media who follow you to understand this because they see, hey, you're a personal trainer. You've got all of these amazing things going on. You manage a a shirt company. You you are still competing in strongman. Like, I don't understand. How are you sick? And that's why the spoon theory I just looked up was coined by Christine Messerandino. It's like the most visual aid for non-disabled folks to understand what it is you're going through. Um, It's kind of, you know, it's a way to, I think she started it by when, when she was asked what it's like to have lupus she on a table set out a bunch of spoons and literally drew it out for her friend. And you have to constantly explain to others that you're sick and it's not your responsibility, you know, just deal with what you have to do in your everyday life and survive. Yeah, basically I'm just out here trying to exist. <laughs> mm. That's it. We all are, man. <laughs> so Chloe, how did you find Mary Beth again? Um, I found Mary Beth through Instagram. Uh, this was back through one of uh, a previous account, personal account that I had. Um, she somehow I found her because she was posted. I want to say she might have been posted on someone else's page uh, as some kind of inspiration or something. <sighs> I think. I think that's what it was, because um, she was. It was when it, it was your USAPL days when you were deadlifting with just one arm because yeah. you this had nuts. Yeah, yeah. One arm. Right. We'll tell you a little bit about that in a future episode. <laughs> um, so I, I started following her after that, and eventually we started talking. Um, Basically, we just kind of formed a bond, I would say, because we were both pretty angry about how um, differently abled bodies were treated in the strength community and uh, honestly, just in the world in general. Yeah, it's really interesting that you could find like it's. You know, Instagram can be kind of trash. You know, there's, like, fit tea and, like, you know, whatever. (laughs) But um, at the same time, you could find somebody. Like, we're in three different time zones right now. Yeah. Incredible. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And this is because of Instagram. Because, you know, if you make the effort to look for the people you want to connect with and want to make, like, have authentic conversations with, like, you can find people. And this is pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, and this community would not have gotten started if it weren't for Chloe and Marcia and, like, the encouragement and the anger that you have built up <laughs> with me. It's, and on top of finding others in our community, yet across the world, you know, everybody who's in London who have connected with us, people in Canada who have asked for different resources or tools this is this is how it starts and I hope that this podcast can um, help our lives out so that we're not constantly pointing to different resources because we are putting this all on a website Uh, I hope it helps everyone just hear our stories so Chloe tell us a little bit about yourself what do you identify as okay so I 
don't identify as disabled, even though I technically probably am. Um, I was born with macrodactyly. That affects my right upper limb and my hand. Um, so I am, I've, I had my um, index and middle fingers amputated. Um, I'm just going to kind of give some information about myself so the listeners can get to know me. Um, so I'm 28, and as I said earlier, I compete in powerlifting. Um, I'm in Iowa, and um, right now I own a business. I'm a equine body worker, and equine that's that's horse. So I work on horses, um, performance horses. I just do massage type therapies to help them um, recover and perform better. It's the coolest thing. And How I've do you get into equine. that? It's a long time. It's e equine. Equine? Yeah. Equine. You, can, you can say equine or equine. You, you'll hear it. Okay. Both of them. <laughs> Whoops. Holy damn. How'd you get and into that? Oh, Sorry. I was, I, was, I was that horse girl in like, oh. yeah, that was me, elementary school, middle school. So I've always loved horses. Um, I used to ride competitively and own my own horses. Wow. I don't I don't ride anymore, um, but I still enjoy being around them. So um, basically, I wanted to have a career with horses that didn't involve riding them. So I got kind of creative. Um, it it is a thing though. Like down south, um, there's a plenty of people that do the what I do, the equine massage. It is relatively new in Iowa, though, because <laughs> I was always behind with things. So, <laughs> to go, Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, California doesn't have any equine massagers that I know of. They, oh, so, yeah. I yeah. Do. <laughs> You're well advanced in that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I man. Mean, I, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Well, Mary Beth, what are you up to? How do you make your money? What's going on on oh. your end? I wouldn't call it money. <laughs> <laughs> but I currently manage performing arts venues on the UC Berkeley campus. So a lot of um, what that entails is overseeing the front of house department at the Greek theater, dollar box hall. So that ranges from super heavy, super deep rock concerts. We just had Lana Del Rey to... Yo-Yo Ma, who's a single celloist, or Vienna Phil Harmonic Orchestra, you know, so it's it's pretty cool. Uh, last week, or sorry, just a few days ago, we had Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, shit. Wow. Yeah, in the flesh. It was, it was pretty amazing. But um, in the disabled community, yeah, it's and it's really interesting hearing Marcia and Chloe's sides, because I, you know, as a child, you you start to define yourself and put yourself in boxes and, and compare yourself to others and try to figure out who it is you are. And, and I never had that inspiration. I never looked for uh, an athlete or a celebrity that I can identify with. And since then, I've never needed that. So it's been awesome. But I did always ask my stepdad, like, hey, do I consider as disabled? Because I don't get a handicap placard. Uh, <laughs> never like 
Yeah, like what's the line you have to cross? Yeah, I knew that I wore prosthetics as a kid, so I got some sort of um, support. But the way that a lot of adults identify as disabled is do you get social security benefits? Do you have a placard? Do you, like, what does it mean to you to be disabled? And running these performance venues, I get this all the time because we accommodate for people with disabilities all of the time. But I'm sorry, pregnant women, you do not consider it. <laughs> a lot oh, of the times we have to, you know, draw the line and what that means. But also, can we accommodate you with um, your mobility issues with, like, things like that but with this community I've kind of just uh, reclaimed that word for myself uh, it's it's the only way that I can then that I can like verbally describe myself right now to others um, and it's although it's not an invisible disability while I'm out in public or while I'm in a professional setting I don't always show my hand because I don't know. Is it professional or is it a conversation that I want to have in 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 the midst of a busy day? Yeah. So some people just don't understand it. Like, what do you mean you're disabled? You're able to walk around totally fine. You're you have a job. You're still making money. Yeah. Huh? So <laughs> I've been struggling with it just as much as everybody else. You know, it, it's a constant identity pull. Um, but I love that there are so many different stories to share and, and to kind of like pull off of because although we're a pretty large community, we have such varying, such unique stories that no one can, you know, can fully identify with. Yeah, there's levels. There's levels to everything. I mean, I'm sure you guys have been shaped growing up by what you have going on. But on the other hand, for me, this is still pretty brand new. Like, mm -hmm. I, I didn't have these issues in childhood. It's not something I had to grow up with. I just grew up as, like, you know, a clumsy kid who played sports. Overall, I was okay. And until about, you know, five years ago, I was like, oh, shit, what's going on? Mm. So I didn't even have to deal with that even idea of identity and who am I, what am I doing until, you know, 25. Yeah, and so did your parents start piecing things together? Like, oh, yeah, a lot of that happened while you were growing up. Um, no, not not really. Um, I was, I have, I'm very hypermobile, and I did always, you know, when I did get into sports, I would always sprain my ankle. I'd always, like, dislocate things, and, you know, they were just like, oh, well, it's just clumsy her, you know her. Do, 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 do. <laughs> and then that was pretty much it. But, you know, I would have all, also just random little chest pain scares and like just weird things and it would just be like oh well doctor said you're fine so it's whatever do to do and then that's kind of pretty much like it would I would I, I would actually have to sit here and think really hard about all those little things that yeah. happened <laughs> like it, that's how insignificant they were to me but now I'm like oh well I guess hmm, something was creeping yeah <laughs> And it's so interesting, too, because, like, a lot of these things, of course, will go unnoticed because kids will be kids or whatever. But we have to also realize that as women, we are told to just fight and move on and yeah. not feel a thing. Like, they say that women have way less heart attacks or way less strokes because they just continue pushing through work and acting like 
it's okay. Because we go yeah. through periods every month, you know, why not go through another heart issue and deal with it? Because yeah. we have shit to do. We have kids to raise. I, I don't have any kids, but, you know, we have, we're, we're fought to, we're taught to fight. Yeah, you just keep on going and you don't ever, like, take care of yourself or think about yourself or anything like that. So that, that definitely plays into it. It wasn't a concern or a problem. And even when I first started having issues, you know, going to doctors, it's like, well, ah, you look okay. And, you know, I'd tell a doctor, like, you know, my memory's kind of shitty lately. Like, I feel kind of, you know, I was, like, really anxious. There's some weird shit going on. And, you know, they would look at me straight in the face and be like, it's not like you have dementia or anything. Mm. <laughs> You're young. You're too young for that. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, that is, I hate that yeah, so like, much. I, I'm sorry I don't look a certain way. And, like, do you want me to not, I'm sorry, do you want me to look sicker? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know what that. I don't know what that, What what is? what was that like for you guys growing up? Did people tell you how you should feel or act or um, I'm trying to kind of think about different experiences. I know my parents, my dad especially, was always like, because I, I wanted to always hide my hand under, let's say, a sweatshirt or what, something I was carrying. He, and he'd pull me aside and he'd be like, don't you ever do that. <laughs> Which was, he had good intentions, but it also kind of scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I was like, oh, and I I still left, like, I, I was left feeling really conflicted still, even after that. Um, It, it was just hard. What yeah. about you, Mary Beth? Yeah, well, we, we get through so many phases in life. Like, I was taught at a young age to, to love it, and I was, I was considered the lucky one, and I always chose lottery numbers for people because they, just like Finding Nemo, called it a lucky <laughs> fin or something. They actually called my hand Monkey Monkey. So it had some sort of a cool identity when I was a kid. Its own little personality. My my little hand. But uh, as I started getting older and, you know, started wanting to impress the guys or other classmates, I wanted to look and feel like everyone else. So I started hiding it in middle school, high school. And it kind of didn't stop from there. And it's it's a little disheartening like we have this online identity and we have all of this pride when we're in our sport but when it comes to everywhere else in social settings I just can't do it um you know like I I don't know it's it's a little weird no I I get get it it. I get it I get it yeah because I mean I have like like, I have a heat intolerance, and I would have no trouble posting about, like, a strongman competition and mentioning that I felt like shit. Like, I'd have yeah. no trouble, you know? But in person, while I'm, like, dying somewhere and I'm at work and somebody's, like, trying to talk to me, like, I'm not going to be like, listen, man, I need to go, like, sit down and take a nap for an hour. I don't feel great. This is what's going Like, I'm not going to say that. I'm just going to be like, okay, I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's also like, a lot of the time, go conversations you don't feel like having and that's totally okay yeah because you know it's it's not gonna just end there it's not just gonna be like oh oh, mary beth has her arm out that's cool like no it's gonna be (laughs) oh my god what happened to you do you wear an arm is that you was the surgery did you get a motorcycle like you know it's not gonna be simple yeah those reactions like when people because i've had people be like oh my god like (laughs) that's that's actually like 
Like oh I laugh about it now, but it is actually really hurtful when people hey, shocking. respond to me like like my this is how I look and when you um respond to my image that way, it's like, oh yeah. <laughs> that that shit hurts. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's just funny that yeah. people don't understand when we say when we use the word ableism because that shit exists in real life. Of course. And constantly it's not addressed like there are so many aggressors or so many offensive words and and conversations that are have without taking us into account like it's so easy to understand what racism is and sexism and while all of those are important in our intersectionality it's just so much harder for us to describe with other people because Unless they had, you know, a cousin or a friend who's autistic or a cousin or a friend who's paralyzed, like they will not understand. And even then, we're just their token disabled friend. Fuck that. Understand who I am as a person. We're all so different. Yeah, it's it's absolutely so true. And it's funny because you mentioned how people respond to your appearance, Chloe. It made Mm -hmm. me think of, um, so besides my clinic where I work with like athletes, I also work at a medical daycare. And these kids are like totally along the spectrum. Some of them you can't tell anything's wrong with them. Some of them have like trachs, G-tubes, like all of that. And there's this one little boy who's like five and he has SMA. So his muscles are like atrophied. He's in a chair. He wheels around. He's very weak, but mentally he's a hundred percent. And then we have another girl. I'm gonna murder the name, but basically you're born with like contractures and like your joints are the wrong way. So you have like a club foot. Like her wrists are turned the wrong way. Mm-hmm. You know her shoulders are stuck in. It's like arthrogryposis, something like that. And this is a kid in a wheelchair, and he looks at her, and he's like, "Why does she look like that?" Oh my god. So if yeah. he doesn't get it, <laughs> how is anybody going to get it? And I had to explain to him she was born like that. And sometimes people look different than you. And the look of absolute shock in his eyes, he's like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's neurogenic arthrogryposis. You yeah, are so right. arth- yeah, it's hard to say. So it's yeah, like, and he can't even understand it, how is the regular normal person going to understand it? Yeah, totally. And I hear it actually all the time that the the most ableist comments and the most offensive things we hear are from other disabled folks because they see themselves as this way and they define themselves as disabled. Um, Like I've seen fights in the parking lot in the handicap section. Oh my God. People looking at each other or waiting to see if that person is disabled enough to park Uh in that spot. It's really ridiculous. Is that person disabled enough is asked so often, even Mm -hmm. in my venue, like, Oh, why are you sitting that person down in a normal chair? Whereas, you know, so my ridiculous. back hurts when I sit on the cement. It happens way too often with, where we're comparing each other yeah. to others. And there's people that are not wheelchair users 100% of the time. Like, that's a thing, you know? There are people that sometimes they use a wheelchair and sometimes they use crutches. Sometimes they're okay. Like, that's that's real life. But if you are the person that is always walking or always in a chair, like, you just can't conceptualize, like other people outside of me exist yeah 
I mean, it's kind of like the main idea. Like, other people that aren't like you exist. That's it. That's it. If, if you get that, that's it. <laughs> that's yeah, it. end of our podcast. No yeah. more. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much the main idea. <laughs> Gosh. Anyways. Yeah, and and jumping off of what Chloe said and people's reactions toward you and how hurtful that is, especially as a kid, like, I was so juiced to be a part of the Girl Scouts um, for less than an hour. (laughs) Sometimes there are these activities, and they do it still in high school and college, where they stand you around in a circle, and you're forced to hold each other's hands. And and as a kid, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, everybody holds my hand. And, and, you know, my family, they hold my hand very often. But when outsiders or when other children or other individuals, like, see it for the first time or touch it for the first time, they yell. Oh, my god! So that happens. It happened quite a few times in my life where they look at it and they don't want to hold my hand and they scream. And actually, this one caused the girl to cry. And I was like, oh, no, it's okay. I have to be the one telling her it's okay, you know? Whereas you, as a kid, fucked up my self-esteem five times more than you already. Yeah. So I went back. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. luckily, Girl Scouts was not something that I wanted to go into because once I found out that all we had to do was self <laughs> I don't know. I want to learn how to so we're doing that. here? Oh. <laughs> I want to be outdoors. But, yeah, luckily for me, it just wasn't my route. But for others, like, how many times are, are disabled just discouraged to join something because they were looked at a certain way or even told that they couldn't do this? Like, yeah. we are going to about federations and other sports um, in future podcasts, but we are constantly told that we can't do this because of our disability, and it's so frustrating. That's why this is important for those able-bodied coaches, able-bodied federations, other communities that just don't understand, and write the rules in an able-bodied mind. Yeah, and, and the people that do exist that are making modifications and that are being adaptive and whatever, like take everyone with you, you know, (laughs) like take, take everyone with you. Like we have to, like, nobody's going to do this for us. We have to bring each other up. And I, and I don't think there should be any, any lines or boundaries there. Like we just bring everybody up. If I'm, if I'm coming up, if the Spoonie's coming up, you're coming up too. You know, that's like, that's it. Yes. Just like when, you know, we're in, a, we're, we're in a conference meeting and nobody hears the woman or nobody hears the woman of color and the white male says the exact same thing, <laughs> listening to yeah. him. So <laughs> in these times, the people who are making the change are able-bodied folks who are listening yeah. to the disabled community. Yeah, that's true, too. That's pretty true. <laughs> So on that note, yep. thank you all for listening. <laughs> yes, welcome to the podcast and uh, <laughs> stick around, Disabled Girls Out. Thanks for listening to Disabled Girls Who Lift. Don't forget to follow, rate, and like us on Spotify, iTunes, 
and Player FM. You can also find us on Instagram at Disabled Girls Who Lift.